This is episode 140. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at. With your host, Shane Chapman and Wayne Lorette. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Hello, everyone. It's Friday afternoon. This is the first time all day that I've got my day right. You did it. I, two hours ago, thought it was Monday. Yep. Then correct myself. I was like, it's not Monday, so it's Thursday. You thought it was Thursday? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I legit thought it was Monday because it, my week's been buggered up because Jason from Fortress is in town. So yep. I, I haven't had a traditional work week. I've been like gone. I was up in Saskatoon and then like I, I got back from Saskatoon about midday yesterday and planned to work in the afternoon just from home. I was like, no point in me going to the office. Then didn't, but then didn't do a lot. I did about an hour of work and then, mm. then like my father-in-law was in town for something. So we went out for ice cream and stuff with the kids. And then we, did you then we to, went to the market last night. Did you go to L's? We did go to L's. Yeah. yeah we went to L's. Had some pineapple Dole Whip. I had nice. pineapple and watermelon. Oh, twist. that's a solid, solid combo. The other, the two other options were raspberry lime, which also incredible. I kind of, I would wish to have done getting, that too. Not getting that. That one would be lime solid. raspberry. And the last one was one I don't like. It was orange vanilla, which is well, like creamsicle flavor. Now? Yeah, they had three flavors. Six flavors, oh, but three mixes. Yeah, it was incredible. So we did that. And then um, then we ended up going down. So it just felt like a weekend to me because we were out doing ice cream yesterday afternoon. And then uh, my wife and the kids and I went to the local market. Have you ever been to that local market? No, I've never I think they've done one. it before, but this is the first time this year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so they have like, I don't know what there'd be, like 30 or 40 vendors maybe in like one of the old warehouse buildings where the everyday kitchen is and meld. But it's not the same as the farmer's market in Regina. No, it's not, it's not the same thing, but it's similar stuff. Right. There's like, there's fresh fruits and veggies and stuff. And then there's like crafty things and there's people selling clothes and just like, I don't know, just random vendors, but it's inside, which is really cool though, because then the everyday kitchen coffee shop and Mm. meld eatery is right in there. So you can like do your little thing, whatever, and then sit down and have coffee. And that was our intention was to sit down and have a coffee. Yep. And we sat down, we ordered the drinks, um, from the everyday kitchen. Fantastic. Yeah. And then while we're sitting there, people kept coming in that like, like Greg Moore, buddy of mine came in with his yep. family. So it was his wife, him and his wife's uh, 10th wedding anniversary. And they're like, yeah, we're here on our anniversary with the kids. We're going to grab something to eat from Meld. Cool. So then we sat there and listened to people ordering from Meld. And it was about supper time anyway, dinner time. I didn't plan it though, so supper. It's supper. And then I was like, should we eat here? Like, <laughs> so we did. And it was amazing. Nice. Meld I've never so been good. to Meld, so. Yeah, we just had uh, some sandwiches. They were phenomenal. They were great. So nice. it felt weekendy to me. So then when I rolled in this morning, you were like Monday, I was like, it's Monday today, clearly. Right. And then I was like, at some point I had a, no dummy, it's not Monday, it's Thursday. Well, I came into your office and I was like, Hey, we got to do, we should do a podcast. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow. Uh, that's Saturday. I won't be here. Won't be here, no, it's buddy. Fri- oh, it's, huh. So I've only been living Friday for about 38 minutes so far. It's been Friday for me. Early morning for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was a, it was a rough start. Anyway, um, you've got some moments of uselessness that you'd like to share with me. Uh, yeah, I have a, so my wife and I were out last night at Chappers and we bought this game cause it looked funny and it was on sale and it was called I Descent. Two requirements. Right. Money and on sale. Done. So it was called I Descent and it was like some Ruth Bader Ginsburg game. Sounded really stupid, but okay. I looked on the back and the point of the game is it gives you a bunch of opinions and you argue them with your friends, and then you try and sway the rest of the group towards you. 
And if okay. you're on the right side, you get points. You don't even necessarily have to be right. Are we playing this right now? Well, I was going to give you an opinion. Are you going to try to we're going to are you going to try to sway it. me? No chance. Okay, so here is one of the arguments. Okay. And I, we might both agree on this one. Cats are jerks. Cats are jerks. Cats are jerks. I'm not like <laughs> who's no, disagreeing with no that? contest. You can love cats and still agree that cats are jerks. Exactly. Cats are jerks. So this cats is what the game is. People. It just says things that are like kind of like could be polarizing card. sometimes. Yeah. Then, okay. Yeah. No. Cats are cats are dickheads. Okay. What about or jerks? Is it okay to wear socks with sandals? No. It could be. What if you need to go take out the garbage? Well, okay, what's the context here? Well, sure, no context. Like, being lazy and just going out to the garbage can, sure. See, I don't I don't own any of the like the slip through style sandals. Like oh. the what do you call it? Is there a name for like, like a loafer style ones? Birkenstock I don't style. own those. So if yeah. I have socks on, I've got the thong thingy mm. coming up to my two toes and smashing sm- sock into between my toes. <laughs> Who likes that? Nobody. <laughs> so no, I don't I try not to do socks. I, I will sometimes if I have to go out to the garbage and I'm wearing socks, I will take the socks off to put the sandals on to go out. Or I'll You'll go take in your my socks, socks off. Okay, yeah, I would rather just go in my socks. Right, and then my wife is all like, "You're gonna wreck all your socks." I'm like, "Sure am." Now that so, this has become a bit of like I think it's kind of bad, like not back in style now to wear socks with sandals. Is it not? It I'm is. sure there. I see so, kids all the time. Yes, kids. That's the problem. Ugh. There's plenty of seven year old dudes wearing socks and sandals, and it used to be something you would mock. Yeah, and now I'm seeing a lot of like yeah. not seventy. 17, 17 year olds wearing socks pulled up with their slip on sandals. Yeah. That's one thing. I don't get it anymore either. When we were kids, like you didn't wear socks pulled up. No, you got the lowest sock profile you could get. I got socks on right now. Can you tell? No, it looks like you're barefoot. I am rocking some pretty low. Like they're, they're down there. Oh yeah. Pretty low socks. The lowest profile you could get. Right. Right. I don't want people seeing my socks. That's my personal business. Paul. Paul That's in the warehouse, though. He's he got, got him, him yanked right up? Right up to his knees, almost, it feels like. Jeez, Louise. If you're going to put him that high, you better slide some shin pads down inside there, too. <laughs> like playing think. soccer? Yes. Uh, USMC says, not an argument here. Cats are assholes. Cats are assholes. This, I feel like this is a known fact. Like, like this, said, People that like cats still think they're... This dead. next question is the question that I, I think is polarizing. Hot dogs are sandwiches. <laughs> nope. Why not? What's a sandwich? Define yes? sandwich. Are you I, yes? I would say a hot dog is technically a sandwich. Because how do you define a sandwich? I feel like if First I attempt to define dog. it, you're gonna have a bunch of like, a bunch of like. I've thought about special it, so. case scenarios that uh, a sandwich is basically anything between two pieces of bread. Right. So like a hot, hot dog, dog bun dog is not bread. Bet- it is bread. No, it's not. It's not bread. No, now? it's not. A hamburger is not a sandwich either. Well, that's, it definitely is a sandwich. Defined by what? Uh, every burger chain out there? Nope. Yeah. You go, next time you go, next time you go and you look at the menu, they'll be like, McDonald's sandwiches. That's what they say. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I knew you were going to, I knew it. <laughs> okay, fine. Hot dogs are Hot sandwiches. dogs are not sandwiches because of their. Because of the type of bread? Nope. Because of the axis in which they sit. But what about a submarine sandwich? They sit flat. Bread on top, bread on bottom. Not at Subway. They core out the center. They don't cut the bread all the way through. But they still put it the top on top. A hot dog? So is a taco in a hot dog? In its natural environment, 
sits on its side with the dog to the sky. So is a taco a hot dog then? No, the taco's not a hot dog. <laughs> but it sits But it's also sky. not a sandwich. But it's not a sandwich? A taco's not a sandwich. Okay, here we go. <laughs> is a taco a sandwich? No, because it's not between two pieces of bread. What defines bread? Well, it's not that it's not bread. It's just not between two pieces of sure bread. Sure is. You wrap the bread around it. That's only one piece. That's where you could have won a the hot argument. Dog is not cut all the way, a hot dog bun is not cut all the way through. That's true. I, I will... I will concede there. Thank you for making my point. I it's disqualified from you. being a sandwich because <laughs> it is one piece of bread wrapped around there you go. a meat sleeve. So how do you feel about then taking a slice of bread as a hot dog bun? Uh, I would do it in a pinch. I've done it before. I don't eat a lot of hot dogs anymore. But I love I, hot dogs. They're good. But I've done that before in my college days. Like who has hot dog buns? Here's the bigger problem: they sell them in different size packs, right? Yeah, I heard, hot dog I, eight, buns twelve, or is it the opposite? I saw that. I think it's Heinz, is like it's put out a up. campaign against it. Against ab- what? About the bun makers not providing the right amount of buns, or the hot they dog it, makers not providing the right amount of hot. It's dogs. intentional for sure. I call this being caught in the cycle. And so it usually comes up when we're drinking beer, but I find myself caught in the cycle a lot (laughs) because if the person you're with is drinking their beer and they're half done and you finish yours and the server comes back and was like, would you like another drink? As the person who is out now, you have to, Mm. this guy's not, I'm not going to let this guy drink alone. He's still going to be here for at least another 10, 15 minutes. So there, so yeah, I guess I'll have another one. That's getting caught in the cycle because now he's half down, you're full. He finishes his, you got half left in the cycle. He has to order one. At some point, somebody has to speed up or slow down or else you can't stop drinking. Whoa. So they've taken this science. It is. (laughs) The burger bun dudes. The And and they're like, if we do this, people get caught in the cycle. Therefore, they have to keep eating hot dogs and hamburgers. Because if you're out of burgers, you have more buns, you have to go buy more burgers. Then you have more burgers and buns, you have to buy more buns. Is is that how you work? Yes, Bryce. (laughs) The rest of my buns don't just tell go me moldy. You don't, no! <laughs> this is two buns no. sit on the counter. You make a weird sandwich. No, you don't. You don't use bur- you don't <laughs> use hot dog buns for anything with hot dogs. Okay, what? it's a mini sub. No, it's not. Why not? It's a mini sub that only is supposed to house a meat sleeve. It's a, hot, <laughs> a, a hot dog. It's like tube mm. tube meat. Did you see that one? What? More importantly, is oatmeal soup. The real important question is, is oatmeal soup? No, of course it's not. No, it's oatmeal. No. Do you make soup in the microwave? Have. Oh. Well, there goes that argument. <laughs> like, if it comes out of a can, the rule is you can put it in the microwave after that's it re- is released true. from the can. Then you can microwave it. You could stovetop it too, but if it comes out of a can, we're, let's not pretend we're fancy here. The cooking method is secondary now. I would say oatmeal is not soup, but it's not soup. could be considered chili. Or stew. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, because chili or stew has to have meat in it. You could put meat in your own meal. <laughs> Just a big old can of tuna mixed in or what? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Fine. That was good, Bryce. That was very controversial. I need I need to play this game now. Yeah, I'll bring I'll bring the questions. We might have to play we'll have this to do game. a few more. The first one was, uh, was like, no, of course. Well, it was course, a, cats a slow lead-in. It was a slow lead-in. But the final question was a doozy. No. Uh, today's topic is we are talking about when is it okay to reuse your framing? Um, 
again, we could like, this is a good topic. You suggested this today and I, mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's not a super in-depth topic, but it's something that is, uh, probably almost a daily occurrence happens within our stores. People come in and contractors experience it too. People are like, my framing's fine. I just want to redo the deck boards. And nowadays I think people are with lumber prices and yeah, they're trying to find a way to save a few bucks. So then um, I guess that's one way is to reuse your framing. Mm -hmm. But I would also say, and this is through no scientific um, acquisition of facts. We did not. (laughs) Well, you really made that sound smart, right? (laughs) That's a good word to bring in there. Um, there is no science behind me saying that probably north of 50% of those people that think their framing is fine is not fine. I was going to say 90, but I was like, that might be pushing it. Somebody can make an argument against that. But yeah, if I exactly. say north of 50, that's, that leaves me a lot. That leaves me a lot, you of, got a lot of play there. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I would say you're right. Yeah. People think their framing is going to last way longer. No, here, it should. here's the thing. People also say this having not even looked at it. I find that right. I find is uh, my frame is extremely fine. common. The deck boards are on it. They've not gone underneath. Maybe they can't get underneath because it's nice and low to the ground. Mm-hmm. They can't even see it to know it. They've just decided in their head that their framing's fine. Right. Because I think it's like, it's what the like, cool kids say these days. My frame is fine. I just need the deck boards replaced. That's like, what the cool kids say these trendy. days. Trendy. Yeah. The ones wearing the socks and the sandals. Right. So this is, this is very, um, a very, uh, what am I trying to say? A topic that comes up a lot. I already said that. And so let's talk about it. When, can, when is it okay to reuse your framing? To Hammond 8684's point, if it's not steel, don't reuse your framing. Certainly if you've got a steel frame that has no signs of rust or deterioration, then fine. That's one of the benefits of using steel framing in the first place, which we talked about mm-hmm. in our last episode, mm-hmm. was that the longevity of it. So where, where do you think, like what's your first uh, marker for being able to replace... Like what's a hint without pulling up deck boards? Okay, so we'll get there. But my first thing without seeing anything, because we're a retailer, people show up at our store. We're not intending on going out and inspecting it ourselves necessarily. Mm -hmm. If it's a managed install service, then sure, but most of them are not. So then we don't go out there to like tell them otherwise. But my first question is, well, how old is it? Right, the age of the deck. Right, because that's going to increase or decrease the probability of it being not good is directly tied to age. So if my deck's 10 years old, that's my that's my marker as to when like you better double check some things. Mm. If somebody tells me it's less than five years old, I'm like, okay, sure, right. Let's tape that sucker up and reuse the framing. It'll be fine. If it's ten years old, it's like it's probably okay, mm. but you're gonna want to do some stuff. You want to tape your joist. If it's older than that, I suggest I'm like, odds are it's actually not. It's actually probably not okay. Right. And and I would also likely tell them at that point that it may even look okay today. Like you might have gone gone under there and inspected it and it looks to be fine. Mm-hmm. But let's think about this. Let's say that that wood had, maybe you were going to get 20 years out of it. So maybe it does still look okay. But you're now going to put a product on top of it that is, like if you're buying anything decent, is going to have at least a 25-year warranty on the decking. Like the, mm-hmm. so I guess here's another thing too. If you're going to put pressure treated decking on top of that and you just want it to last a few more years, fine, have at her. But if you're putting a 25 to 50-year composite on top of this, and your framing still looks fine and it's 10 years old. My point is you're only 10 more years away from the end of the life of the framing. Do you then want to deal with that? Because you're putting a product on top that's going to last a lot longer. Yeah. So maybe it's okay today. And so if you, if you replace all your, if you replace the face of your deck, right? All the deck boards, are you going to 
then just replace the framing. It's not like shingles where you can only replace one half and then replace the other. Then like wait until they get bad, right? Are you like, What are you saying? Can I'm you saying do like, a partial replacement you, to framing? Or like could you take off the deck board the deck boards that you laid down and then just replace the framing? Oh, like somebody's like framing's good, they put new deck boards on it and yeah. then in 5 10 years the framing's bad. Can you then do that? Uh sure. That seems like a pain. <laughs> yeah. You you could also replace the studs in your walls. <laughs> I, I want to keep the drywall, only. though. <laughs> yeah, only. So, I mean, yeah, you could pop all the boards off in many cases, take them off and redo the framing then, but good God, why would you ever? Like, you're building a whole new deck again. You're just saving the cost of the deck boards at that point. Just where the we, work is actually more. Those magnets. The magnets would be handy. <laughs> if you want to reuse it, use the magnets. But, yeah, to, to the point of, like, it might be fine today. So that's the thing I use with people and let them decide then. Do you, is this really something you want to deal with in 10 years from now? But in all cases where it's like, I'm going to reuse the framing. Um, I always tell them like, you know what? Taping the top of your joists is in my opinion, a, an optional practice on a new deck, but it's not optional when you're resurfacing like that. Mm. You need to seal up those old nail or screw holes. Um, give that older frame some more life by extending it, by keeping water off it with the tape. Mm -hmm. So maybe that lumber would have lasted 20 years it's 10 years old. Maybe you'll get 10 more, but by adding the tape, you'll probably add another 10 years to the lifespan. So now you've pushed Definitely it to 20 10, again. Though, for right? sure. So at yeah. least do that. Now, when you get out here, we got some comments coming in here on the Instagram, so maybe we should take care of this too. What do we got here before I continue blah, blah, blahing on? Um, so Deck Protect is giving some pointers on what else. So age. I mentioned age is one thing. Age is for sure one thing. Environment completely. So some people will come in too and be like, oh no, there's a roof over top of it. And that changes my attitude about things a little bit mm -hmm. because, okay, if there's a roof on it, then it hasn't been getting water, which is the, that's the source of rot. Yep. Now, if there's just a roof over top of it and there's nothing stopping water from blowing in underneath the roof, then sure, some of it's probably okay, but there's a chance that around the edges where the water does get to is not okay. Mm -hmm. And if, if 20% of a joist is not okay, the joist isn't okay. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 10 feet of it can be still great, but if the other two feet aren't in good shape, well, it's over. It's replacing it. And you're dead. There's no such yeah. thing as a partially rotted joist. It's either rotten or it's not. Right. How are you going to fix that? Yeah. So there's that. Now, uh, so that's, I think, deck protects his environment. I think it's probably what he's talking about is, I mean, there could be a few factors in there, yep. but like your humidity and like in our climate. So our climate is fairly uh, favorable to outdoor framing. It's very, very, very dry here. Mm-hmm. Super dry. We've had four, like rain four times in the last week here. That Yeah. I read an article today about farmers saying that it's like a desert. Yeah. So the rain in the four times this week, not normal. Except for last night was crazy. Last night was unreal. I accidentally opened the wrong window. Oh yeah. <laughs> Bad news. So the rainfalls we did get this week too were, other than last night, have been pretty like when it yeah, rains, it's minute. like it's 15 minutes. It gets the sidewalk wet and then it moves on. Mm -hmm. Last night, though, out of nowhere, I'm laying on the couch. My wife's up doing whatever she's doing. And we had just put the kids to bed. And all, I saw a flash of lightning. That's and what I, I saw. <laughs> I said to her, I was like, thunder. She's like, did you see lightning? Yep. Thunder rolls in. I was like, yep. Another one. I was like, thunder. Getting closer, getting closer. And it went from calm and sunny and nice outside to instant hurricane straight up sideways with like in like seconds yep 
the rain all of a sudden was just like sheets started coming down and then the wind and the trees in my front yard were just like, they were like <laughs> sideways. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like you couldn't see out the window hardly. Uh, I saw somebody post on my Facebook. They're like, am I looking out my window or am I at the car wash? Like, Cause you couldn't see anything. You, yeah, and then it hailed funny. a bit too last night. Yep. Eh? We got a little bit of hail coming down too. 20 minutes later, it was gone. And it was nice out again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing, but we got a lot of rain in that a 20 minutes. A lot of rain. So, but that's not normal here. Normally it's very dry. Like I, I still remember this from elementary school cause it blew my mind, but they told us here that we actually in an annual rainfall precipitation are barely above desert level here. Yeah. Like we get whatever it is like 22 centimeters of that includes snow, everything 22 centimeters of water precipitation a year. I don't know if that's a number, but it was something like that. Really low. And it was like a desert is considered to be like 18 centimeters, something like that. So we're, we're right. extremely dry. Um, and so it does like rot is, it is a thing here, but less so an issue than if you are, you have a deck in Washington. Right. Or Vancouver. Right. Like anywhere on the coast where you get a lot of rain, especially the West coast. So, you know, it, everything's a good practice here too to still follow along, but you might get away with some things here that you wouldn't get away with somewhere else is all I'm saying because of the, just the lack of water right. and, and the, the humidity is non-existent here as well. Yeah. We don't have any of that. It's like, it's really, dr- the air here is really dry. Yeah. So just things like, even when things get wet, they dry out quite fast. Mm-hmm. It's windy and it's, and it's dry. Yeah. And it's, it's hot always dry. Summer. So, um, now that said, so if you have a deck and you're thinking like, oh, I'm just going to replace the boards. First thing to ask is age. And this, this is going to be determining how much inspection this might even require. But when you start to getting down at the deck, you need to have a look at it. You can't just assume it might be okay because you only did it 17 years ago. Like that's not right. That's not the case. A 17 year old deck could be completely rotten junk or it could be okay. Could be perfect. Depending on some other factors. So we actually visited a, a job today to help uh, somebody out with some questions and theirs was covered and the deck was 39 years old. 39? 39 years old. And they wanted to reuse the joists. Whoa. And so I went and looked, and they're actually not in bad shape, considering they are 39 years old. Were they treated? Uh, yes. So it's like so, arsenic. Yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> had the good stuff in there. But it did have a roof on it. So that explains why mm. they're, you know, air is dry. It's not getting wet. Sure, there's nothing causing it to rot. That said, around that outer band, like I said, about two feet in, there were some soft spots. Mm. And I could pick at it with my, like the hook on my tape measure. I was kind of like showing them. I was like, here, see, it's pretty this soft dry, then, dry right? Here. It's, yeah, if you can dig into it with the, like, your hook and your tape measure is not sharp. <laughs> it's right. just like yeah, a blunt exactly. piece of metal. Yeah. And not even a, like a, not even a rigid piece of metal. It's like just a little tiny thing. It's like picking at it with a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was some, there was some soft rot there. And like they had just recently pulled the boards up. So they had made the determination to reuse their joists before they ever saw them. They didn't know because the decking was on top of it and it's only oh yeah, not even two feet above the ground. So they could have crawled underneath it, but they're older. So they probably weren't crawling underneath to start poking around at things. But one of the, what I just said there is one of my tips to find out if there's dry rod. I would, I didn't have it on me. Otherwise I'd be taking a flathead screwdriver. That's my tester. Just scratch. Start it. poking at things. Yeah. Um, the common areas are going to be around like anywhere you have blocking around a railing post or something. So if you have, if it's an older deck, you've probably got wood railing, which means you've probably got posts that are blocked into the framing of the deck. Poke around there. Cause that's an area where water can get to and not dry out. Poke it with your screwdriver. If it's flaking off, it's no good. Then you got rot. You got rot. You got rot. You got it. 
if it's not flaking off and still feels hard and like you you can scratch it with a screwdriver, sure, but as long as it's not flaking apart, then it might still be okay. Do that same little test in all the common areas of rot. Tops of your beams where you have yeah. laminated lumber put together. Tops of your joists where the decking sat on top of the joist and like water can get in there and not right. dry out. That's a pretty common area. That's where they had the rot today. It was like the top of the joist. Oh, okay. Um, and that's not a good place to get it when you're going to replace the deck board. No, that's not a good place to get it. I mean, no place is a good place to get rot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of too many places you could get rot. Oh, I really like, like well, rot there. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. At least it's just in my crotch. Um, <laughs> crotch right? Uh so that's the thing you got to do. Go check your ledger, make sure it's flashed properly. And if it's, you know, check it, poke it, poke around there, poke, poke everything. Like mm-hmm. you're making a decision here. That's going to be a decision for the next couple decades of your life. Take 10 minutes and go poke around with the screwdriver and see yep. if you can find some areas that are not, that are rotten. And if they are, this is not the place to save money. Well, change your deck board to a cheaper composite and swap the framing on at the same frame. time. Yep. It's, it's not the place to save money. And you're not really saving time. And you're not really saving that you're much not really money. Saving a whole lot because, in spite of lumber prices, where they are up, down doesn't matter. It's still the smallest portion of the project, right? So, make that. This is this is where that old saying of like, uh, how did I word it? We were going to make a T-shirt out of it. It was like, Whoa. nothing's more expensive than cheaping out. Nothing's more expensive. This than is one of those out. cheap out um, decisions that can really be expensive later on. Because mm-hmm. also, if you are convinced that your framing is fine, and which is and it's not as a sign of you not really understanding or knowing what you're doing, then you're probably not doing this project by yourself. You're likely hiring a contractor. Well, yeah. Um, potentially, many, right? How and many so, contractors would resurface decks? A lot of contractors would. Some won't. Some yeah. won't touch a project unless it's their framing going back in because there there is some sort of assumed liability if you're going to work on a deck. And if it's not in good shape, you don't want your name and number associated with that. Not at all. Um, so a lot of contractors don't do it. A lot of them do though. If that's all they want and it's resurface only and the contractor looks at it and says, yeah, the frame's fine, whatever, we'll reuse it. Mm. Then many guys will, but some won't touch it. So that's the scenario where it's okay. But I think in all scenarios, taping those joists is required. I don't like. You have to tape them. You have to do something. You got to extend the length because here's the problem too. So maybe your deck did last 10, 15 years and made it through it and it was just fine. But now you're removing all these deck boards, which is going to leave about a thousand holes in the surface of that joist. And so you pop all your nails and screws out of the old decking. Now you, and we all know that uh, pressure treated lumber is not pressure treated right to the core. It's, it's surface treatment only. Uh, Now you've basically created little pockets for water to slide into the core of that board where it's not treated and sit so and not dry out there either would you recommend then using uh some sort of like end cut treatment or deep penetrating oil on all of the the joists again like just hit them with that uh no i don't like you're gonna do it to to deal with the holes that you're leaving behind well no i think the i think the solution is to fill like to create a barrier to stop water from getting there in the first place okay and that's the tape Use the tape. Use the tape in that case. Now, if you want to go stain the rest of the joists with Q-Tech, like uh, Deprotect mentioned here, yeah. sure, go ahead and do it. But the tops of the joists need more than just that, in my opinion. Okay. Sure. Fill those little holes with oil is fine. Um, it's not going to harm anything. Well, it won't hurt it, but it's also probably going to prevent your tape from sticking well if you're planning on doing that. Mm. And if you don't do it, you're like, the hole is still there. Sure, it might be filled with oil today, but that's eventually going to um, 
soak in and then you're going to fill that hole with water and it's just going to sit there wet. And so, yes, the Q-Tech is better than not doing anything. Right, but you but just want to tape to prevent it. the water from getting into the hole in the first place is the better mm-hmm. solution, in my opinion, on that scenario. And you're going to be putting more holes in the deck. <laughs> That's the other thing. Yeah, you are then also going to blast a thousand more new holes into it too yeah. as well. And so the tape will self-seal around the new screws as well. I think like the, the tape is a, it's an easy one for people. When you tell people on a new deck, would you like to tape your joist? This is, you know, this is an optional thing. Oh, would you recommend it? I would personally, but I'm not going to pretend I'm not trying to upsell you. Right. Like that's not how we sell things. We don't try to like get every dollar out of you. We, we try to mm-hmm. give you what you need and want with our guidance. So my recommendation is, yeah, for 50, 60 cents a square foot. Yeah. Why wouldn't you put joist Especially tape if on? you're going to resurface your deck. Yeah. But when it comes to resurfacing it, it's like, you need to do this. You shouldn't oh, okay. do this. And that's, that's not me trying to sell $200 of the tape. That's me trying to make sure that that customer doesn't end up getting screwed somehow. Like, right. I don't want you coming back in seven years and be like, we just did a deck with you guys seven years ago, bought all this stuff. And now it's rotten everywhere. It's like, that could have been prevented. Right. But you didn't change the framing, but you, you wanted to use your framing. <laughs> you should have used that. Right. Not, not even optional in my opinion. Not that I would ever force somebody if they're like, nope, not doing it. It's like, okay, knock your boots off. Like, mm-hmm. Here you go. It's your material. It's your deck, your house, you're building it. You do what you want, but don't say I didn't tell you. Don't come back. Say I um, didn't tell you. Okay. Where we got here with the comments? Water. Let's see. Talking on here. Deck protect water level out at lake is up six inches. Species is also a factor. What is he talking about with that? I don't know. Uh, like, he's just talking. They've been getting it. lots of rain this year out there, maybe, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Species is also a factor. So that's a great point, too. Yes. Species is also a factor. Generally, if you're going to find decks that are 30 years old that are still in decent shape, it's typically framed with Douglas fir. Right. Uh, the stuff is dense. It's ridiculously strong. It doesn't take on water like spruce pine fir does, just because it's a more dense material to begin with. And so and it, it'll old. last longer. And it's, it's old and dry as like hell it's now. All, it was already old when they cut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's getting deep. We should oh, have, he should just been on this podcast. Harvest location, coastal slash interior. He's mentioning all sorts of things. Uh, <laughs> Scott Kelly <laughs> loves, oh, you're wearing his hat. I was like, what's he talking about? I thought he was calling you sexy. I mean, he is, uh, but. Uh, G-tape is good. Don't paint with latex paint for the love of all things. <laughs> Yeah. So I think we, we've talked about that before too. Yeah. It's like that stuff basically will crack, will invite moisture in and then just like it holds the moisture in. It's like, yeah, not doing much. So is it the long story short, is it possible to reuse your framing? Yeah, of course it is in some scenarios. There are some scenarios that I would leave like, that's not my first choice. My first choice is if you're going to build a brand new deck, do it all. But I have run into a number of customers who have made the decision to change the decking not because the deck's old, but because they don't like what they have on it right now. They've bought a house that was built recently. Mm. Um, the homeowner, you know, put pressure treated on it. They bought the house. They don't want pressure treated. They want to do composite decking. Or some people who, for some reason, like for cost reasons, will do pressure treated now. And in three years, they're like, it doesn't look good anymore. We don't like maintaining it. We want to switch. Fine. I'm certainly not about to tell somebody whose deck is, the framing's three years old and it's still in fine shape that they should rip it all out. It's just not necessary. But that's fair. Even at three years old, tape it. Like you yeah. have the opportunity now to make sure it lasts longer still. So tape if up. If it's the not holes. taped, tape it. Yep. That's right. Um, Lavender Builders is in here. Hey, he's Holy. a good dude. So oh, he was. Can't wave at him anymore. Can't wave at him. So he's gone already. 
So I don't know, Bryce, is there anything that you want to add to that? Like questions that you might have had or didn't know or whatever mm. with that? I think we I think we covered most of them. Is there any like time where you're like if someone phones and they're like, Oh, my deck is out at the lake, but it's three years old. Or you just be like, I would probably just ground level deck. The, so yeah, the environment I think is part of that. Here, like at the out at the lake doesn't mean anything to me here. Okay. Again, within the reference of being in Saskatchewan, because for one, at the lake, you're like, unless it's a dock that's sitting over the water, you're not getting sea spray or salt spray or any of that spray off the lakes yeah. here, right? Nobody's, the lakes aren't, aren't uh, churning enough to be crashing waves right. and spraying right. exactly. things. Like that doesn't happen here. Waves here in our lakes are like one foot swells. Like they yeah. just, <laughs> they just still they die on the beach. <laughs> like yeah. it, you don't get spray off it. So it doesn't really matter if it's at the lake. If it's around a pool or something, sure. Because mm-hmm. people are getting in and out of the pool and they're splashing water on it constantly. And that for certain would, would shorten the life of the wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point, if it's ground level, if it doesn't have a lot of ventilation because it's sitting in the ground, yeah, that significantly reduces the lifespan of the lumber that's underneath. So yeah, it's only five years old, but it's been sitting in the like in the ground. Uh, yeah. It's, probably change. It's probably almost at its probably max done. life. Yeah. It needs to stay, like, get dry after it gets wet. If it stays wet, it'll mm-hmm. rot eventually. So certainly there's some um, scenarios that will affect the typical life of the deck depending on its location or environment that's living in. Yeah. So, uh, another question here from TC Decks. What's your guys' opinion on wrapping the outside of your outer joist before you put on the fascia? Helpful or unnecessary? Um, I would say in, in my opinion, in most typical installs, unnecessary. If you're installing the preferred way of boards nosing over the fascia below so oh, okay and yep. you know what i mean i understand what you're saying. fascia tucks underneath the nosing of the decking right. because then the decking is kind of almost act- acting as a natural drip cap right it's just um, gonna the water is just gonna fall off and like run down the face of the fascia right potentially now that's not completely true in all all cases because on the sides of the deck where the boards are not running parallel to the fascia they're perpendicular to it water can still get between the, the boards and the- if you're not using a picture frame mm. which not everybody does but the people that are doing, that are asking, like the people in here, contractors, are probably most of the time framing with a picture frame. If you're framing with a picture frame, they're, like water's not getting in between the fascia and the rim board. It's mm-hmm. just not getting there. Sure, it could technically maybe wick back a little bit, but not, right. to, not enough. That and if you're worried about it, is there anything you could do? Well, in the other installs where you're going to use, I, I call it flush fascia or fascia high or whatever you want to call it, but where you're you're basically trimming off your deck boards flush with the outside rim joist. And then you're putting your face on afterwards that can invite a few problems. And if you're going to do that style of install, which is not technically right or wrong, like some, I think the Trex guide says that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. But, um, some people still do it. One of the most famous deck builders in the world, Dr. Dex does all his decks this way in Washington. So oh, tons wow. of, of issues. In that case, I probably would, I probably would roll my G tape over the edge down the backside of that because water is going to get in between the fascia and the rim board. It will sit there. It won't dry out real well. Therefore, putting a barrier there is probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. I've personally never seen that cause rot, but I'm also in uh, desert conditions, near desert conditions in Saskatchewan. So would the if you did that and like you're, you rolled over, would that uh, increase the chance of a composite board, like not PVC, um, 
potentially rotting out because you're trapping the moisture in between it and the fascia. Again, I've never seen it, but in theory, sure. If you have exposed wood in the back of your composite deck board, then it stays wet all the time. Mm-hmm. Potentially. And maybe that's why, and I could be wrong. So somebody might call me on this, but I think, I believe that Trex says not to do it that way. And maybe that's the reason. Right. The reason might be the exposed wood fiber in the back of their boards stays damp being pressed up against the lumber with water getting in there. And that could erode Mm. If that wood fiber starts to disintegrate because it stays wet and it rots out, then that's going to affect the integrity of the board. Now, fascia is a, it's a, it's an aesthetic piece of the deck. It's not structural structural. capacity. So if it fails, it's like, oh, well, you got to go get some more fascia and do it. But it's not like your whole deck falls falls apart. (laughs) Yeah. Unless it starts rotting out the rim at the same time, maybe then maybe you have some problems. But um, so, yeah, I would say in that scenario where it's flush, your face is flush, then I would say that wrapping your G-tape around there and giving a layer of protection there, why not? Yeah. Might as well, right? Can't I hurt. I've done so with, uh, there's been a couple jobs we did before where the beams needed to be partially buried and we would wrap them in G-tape for that reason. Now would you? Would you just use steel? <laughs> well, the steel they don't want sitting in the ground either. Oh, they right? don't? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they don't want them, they don't want them buried. So, oh. uh, boy, I don't know if I would wrap... <laughs> Wrapping in G tape would seem a little silly though. <laughs> I like between you and I, I'm not sure what the we're dropping screw piles on the ground. They're steel, yeah, uh, with less protection than the frame powder has. coated. They're S- powder. They're coated galvanized, steel. but the steel is galvanized and powder coated. Like I think it would probably be fine, but for warranty purposes, Fortress says these aren't to be right. buried in the ground or in water or whatever. So, but yes, if I was doing a wood beam again, I would I would still wrap it as it goes into the ground to create to give you that barrier between mm-hmm. the wet soil and the and the wood. This has turned into a moisture episode. Did this just turn into a moisture episode? <laughs> like, what's the, what, what about this? putting a rain screen behind the fascia for oh. lavender builders? Sure. Like, assuming he's talking, like, uh, basically, like, channeling or strapping behind to stand it off. Yeah, I would do that. Seems pretty uh, extreme, though, doesn't it, for your fascia? It could be, but if that's, like, I think that's a smart way to do it. So... Dr. Dex um, did a job one time that had Dexer dry the little, um, the rain system that goes into the grooves of the deck boards, like a, like a rubber, uh, like a grommet gasket kind of that goes into the boards and has little fins on it to drain water off. And how he did that to give it somewhere to drain because of the way he does finish his decks was he did that. He ran the boards a little bit past the framing, I believe. And then, and then basically put in little spacers kind of that the fascia board can then go on, but there's a gap between it that the water could actually drain behind the fascia. Like our table. It's got this. Kind of. Yeah. It's got but like imagine a this little spaced gap. off a bit, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to do a little build out like that, my deck, if I ever get to it, I did that way on the front. Cause I'm also doing fascia high on my deck, but with a deck board. Um, if I ever actually get to finishing it, <laughs> I was going to shim it out a little bit and, and do basically what he's Oh, okay. Referring to. So it's just airflow. You just want to keep things dry. Um, so if you want to go through the extra work of strapping out around your inboard and attaching the fascia that way and giving an air channel behind it, sure, that mm-hmm. works. Yeah. Okay. The thing is with fascia, you're putting screws pretty often though, and a lot of them you're supposed to. Uh, and I don't know if there's an advantage to that having solid backing behind it. I feel like there oh. is a bit of an advantage to having solid backing behind it. And so if you are using spacers off um, for an air gap there, 
you know, they're going to have to be no more than 12 inches on center, but maybe even want to do them tighter than that, even if you're not screwing into the middle ones, just so it has some support between the joys. Otherwise, between it the might, straps. might warp a little. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. If it, if it could potentially warp in a little bit there, but, but good question. Yeah. And I believe we answered it. I think that's what he was talking about. So hopefully it was. Um, I don't know. Is that it? I feel like the question is starting to roll in here. I hate to cut somebody off, but it's, I, I've said what I need to say. Right. Don't reface your deck. Don't resurface your deck. I would say in, I would say, I said north of 50. I would say probably 80% of the time that we get asked or people tell us they're going to do that, 80% of the time they probably shouldn't. It's like three out of four times, right? Yeah. I just, they don't know. They're ba- they're basing that opinion off dollars. Mm-hmm. They don't want to replace it because it costs money. And they think, well, the deck's been here and the deck's been fine. So obviously what the decking is on is fine. No, that's not necessarily the case. Isn't that like the worst thing? Like I've had uh, friends who have purchased new houses, not new houses, but have purchased houses and they go into the house and it's got like a nice facelift on it. And then six months down the road, there's water leak in the basement. Yeah. And it's probably always been there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's really what you're doing. You're just covering it up. Yeah, exactly. You're hiding the problem. Yeah. And that's, some people, that's all they care about. I just want it to look good, and am I going to fall through it? Well, not yet, not technically. Well, then, uh, not, not a problem. I'll just tell, go grandma and go stand over there. Yeah. Deck Protect says, for the fact of the building capabilities alone is a great reason to use steel framing. So this entire conversation is all for not to be using steel framing. Yeah. It's not going to rot. If you're using steel framing, you might as well replace your deck boards then. Yeah. I wouldn't replace your steel framing. <laughs> no. But I mean, yeah, you're going to get life out of it. You're not going to have to worry. If you are if you have steel on your deck already and you want to replace the deck boards for some reason down the road, chances are the steel is still going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Assuming you're using a product that was meant for that. <laughs> right. Maybe you used interior steel studs and you didn't know better and they're all rusted and gone too. But using a good product like the Fortress Evolution, for example, would be something that's going to... I mean, they guarantee it themselves for 25 years. It'll last a lot longer than that. Yeah. But they warranty any issues for 25 years, which is which is cool. So that's the talk about when you can reuse your framing. 20% of the time, don't just make assumptions. Actually check it out, inspect it, and make sure that you can. Don't just try to save a few bucks. That's expensive. See you next week. Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening. <laughs>